Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Football Revisited. No Sims this week. He probably realised goalkeepers had a generally good weekend and didn't want to be around for the potential praise. Uh, so it's just Rob, Butts and myself. And before we officially get into it, Rob, last week, Sims, Butts and myself put our heads on the block and gave our season oh, predictions. Yeah. You weren't here, but you've not got away with the potential embarrassment. So we're going to quickly run through what you think just so we can revisit it um, at the end of the season. Um, so, top seven, Rob, go. But I'll tell you one thing, Aston Villa are not finishing eighth. That was ridicu- <laughs> a ridiculous call. You got but, them seven, have you? Uh, well, who knows? <laughs> right. That will work in ascending order. Seventh, I think, will be Leicester City. Okay. Uh, sixth, I mean, I, I'm stubborn enough to say it. I'm, I think it's going to be Arsenal. Fifth, just missed out on Champions League. Leicester. Le- Leicester was seventh with you. Yeah. Were they? Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, I thought. There's not two Leicesters. In that, yeah, the other Leicester. No, in that case, it's Spurs. Spurs fifth. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> I feel you've uh, gone in the wrong order. Surely you've yeah. gone yeah. top down. Because <laughs> now you've yeah. got to pick the teams that are left to fit. No, no. Uh, Man U fourth. Man U fourth, okay. Chelsea third. Yeah. Man City second. Yeah. Fulham. <laughs> and Liverpool top. Okay. You bought Just three. so the listeners know, Rob's got tonsillitis potentially, so he's probably high on drugs. It's potentially COVID. I mean, wow. who knows? I'm, I'm pe- test results pending. Uh, my bottom three. Yeah. Well, Fulham are in there. I mean, and I'm glad. I'm glad He's you. Joining you, me. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't put them, especially after this week's performance. They can score goals, and they proved that. So, twentieth, I'm gonna go West Brom. Yeah. I just think they got nothing about them. Nineteenth, Sheffield United. I think they have nothing about them. And to uh, like maybe listening to last week's pod would have influenced me, but I think Burnley are going down as well in 18th yeah. place. Fair. So, yeah. Uh, the individual awards, player of the year. Um, We've caught you I, off guard, yeah. I get that. I know. I know. I like, I kind of pre- I prepared for last week and then I don't know where my notes <laughs> have gone. And they're in a different notebook. Uh, I think I I think I did go with uh, KDB having another shot at it. Fair. Um, outside outside of KDB, I would probably go. I think I went Harry Kane. I think Sim. Sim yeah, Son. Yeah, Son. Harry Kane or Son. Jack Grealish. I changed then to Jack Grealish yeah. after, but was brave enough to say. Yeah. yeah. Um, young player there. Phil Foden all day long. DCL. I mean, no. Okay, Phil Foden all day long. Um, two left. Top scorer. Uh, as much as I'd like to say Harry Kane, it's inevitable he's going to get injured. I mean, it, it happens every season. Don't touch that. It, it doesn't happen every season. It does happen every no, it season. Doesn't. He's not been injured in the last seven seasons he's played every season. Well, more less, yeah, has got injured in every season. I'm pretty sure. In like the last four what do you mean by injury? Do you mean where he's missing a significant period? Football, 
he has been injured at least once a season. Last year, luckily, COVID broke out. You know, and they, luckily, yes. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, no, I'm going to go Son Youngmin with 24 goals. Okay, and finally, manager of the year. Well, based on how the league is going to look in your spectacular mind. Yeah, it's it's a dangerous place up there. I wouldn't want to be there for too long. <laughs> Brendan Rodgers, isn't it? His team's finishing seventh and fifth. <laughs> yeah, that, that takes him to win. Yeah. All right, okay, enough. Uh, no, I'm going to go with Frank Lampard. Because I think... Media love him. Yeah, yeah. media love him, but I think it's going to be quite close at the top and I think Frank Lampard's Chelsea will probably be within kind of like six to eight points of Liverpool Fair um, If anyone wants to hear the rest of our predictions listen to last week's episode Yes um, So now we'll move on to the highlights of the weekend um, I feel as we could speak like about most of the games I felt there was something going on probably except for Burnley Palace I heard that was just a Chris Wood goal I'll take her. Yeah. So we'll start with the Mourinho masterclass. Um, but Spurs fan, Spurs yeah. for the league. Uh, no, you can't say that. No, it's only been nine games. But um, well, kind of Rob. The result means nothing because they're going to finish fifth. <laughs> so, You're damn right. Yeah, uh, obviously, you know, I, I hate to say the, the cliche, but it wasn't really a masterclass because it wasn't that bad in terms of. We just sat there and did nothing because we did look really good um, on the break. And we did, I know we only had a 33% possession, but we still looked pretty decent when we had the ball. Um, but no, I, I think it was more to do with Man City didn't really turn up, and I kind of regret picking them as my champions. Yeah, something, something just isn't right with that team and everything around it. So, yeah, I'm not trying to get too high or too low about it. So, I think we need to see us now win games like the West Ham's at home where we drew Newcastle at home because at the end yeah. of the day those games you have to win and those win you league so yeah if we win the next few because we've got tough fixtures I think coming up so those will take care of themselves Is it Chelsea you've got next? Yeah they've got Chelsea away I think we've got Arsenal at home we've got Liverpool in a couple of weeks after Over Christmas yeah so you know those games are I expect us to get some points because of the way Josie is but yeah looking good Looking good. Yeah, looking good. Um, first time Spurs have been top after nine games since 1985. Oh. But then I also read that Bob Paisley always used to tell like the media, don't talk about the table until 10 games have been played. So basically, <laughs> if you top after this weekend, you're going to win the league. We'll see. That's we'll a good see. sign. Oh, we get a point at Stamford Bridge. I'll take it. Yeah, they got really tough December though. I I saw something on Sky Sports showing all your fixtures, like the Europa League as well. It's so many games. Um, do you hear what Gary Neville said about Harry Kane during the game? I think I told you, Rob. Said a few things, but remind. Um, basically, he said he's got a touch of Zinedine Zidane about. Oh, uh, yeah, I read that. Yeah. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> That is he, a bold statement. To be fair, I slate did him for saying that, um, as did Sims and Rob when I told you, you slated him as well. And then he pops up and gets an assist. I wouldn't say Zidane-esque yet, but he's uh, he's doing well. Nine assists this season. Can you guess how many he's had in his last 94 games before that? 
I'd say he's probably had at least above 20, I'd say, probably. So that 94 games is three seasons worth. So in this season, he's on nine. In his last three seasons before that. Yeah, he's probably, probably between 15 and 20. I, I think maybe less. I'll just go like seven or eight. It's eight. He's had eight really? assists in 94 games. And then he's popped up with nine in... Is nine and nine this season? Spurs played nine as well. Wow. Played nine, yeah. Yeah. Until now he's doing quality, him and Son as well. Like I know the first goal it was a end of Merle assist to Son, but it was Kane and Son just being on the same wavelength again, the movement from Kane to take two city defenders. Uh Rob impressed with Spurs? Yeah, I, I don't understand why but isn't on a high. I mean yeah. you like take nothing away. From that Spurs team, but to go to go to Man City, you you, you should be ecstatic right now. I mean, home game. all right, but but <laughs> it's, three, it's three points against no, a but team that you claimed are going to win the title. Yeah, but we beat them so, last. We beat them last season at home two 0 So you know, it's not a. It is a bit of a surprise, obviously, because I I picked Man City to win the league. Um, but yeah, like I said, we, these games take care of themselves. I expect Jose to get results against bigger teams. Do that. It's we need to get rid of the Spursy way, but where we go to the likes of West Ham or Newcastle and lose, and obviously that you have to win those games to win a title. So I'm trying to stay very level because I've never been in Spurs. Well, obviously the Leicester season, we all know that ended. So keep it level until we're in with the shouts, and then we'll see how it goes. I'm looking forward to crumbling at some point, <laughs> oh, or even not even crumbling. Just one bad result, and I think everyone will just go, ah, oh, well, it is Spurs. And then, like, the mentality, like, then you'll see what kind of mentality, if Jose has changed that side of it. Because I think one kind of upset, it yeah, used I don't to think, uh, I don't think a bad result will, like, say we lose, I don't know, we go to Liverpool and we lose, like, 2 0. I, th- I think it'd be more around the performance. I think that's where, if we get battered and we've sat back and done nothing, that's when people will go, oh, Jose's done, finished. Blah blah blah. So yeah, I, th- I think the next few games will tell a lot where Spurs are at under Joseph. Yeah, but uh, everyone keeps saying it's a strange season this season. I think there's a few teams licking their lips this year, but thinking they've got a chance, especially with the way City are. Um, do you think City are this year of maybe not reaching the heights they have for the last two or three years? Hundred percent, hundred percent. If they're playing like this in the Prem. I can't see them getting past the quarterfinals in the Champions League. And the Champions League is kind of like the, one of the main things they, they need to win. Pep, Pep needs to win t- to kind of be the ultimate, to have the ultimate su- success at Man City. Yeah, because ultimately like, what's he done that, that yeah. his previous managers haven't? And it's, like, it, it's, it's crazy. Like, they, you know, so past two seasons, they've gone and lost company and now David Silva didn't replace company. We saw the issues with that last season. Now with David Silva gone, we've seen Phil Foden come into the mix, but not starting as much as we'd probably like to see. Ferran Torres being very good, but like, where's the results? Like these yeah, individual- the players do well individually. Yeah, but they don't seem to be working together well. Um, last week, I think it was last week, Pep had a two-year contract extension. Wrong time. I thought it was weird timing myself um, to do it. What do you think, Bats? Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. They could have left it till maybe the end of the season, where because it's, it's only two years, so not, yeah, not 
But then again, I guess speculation might have come around. Is what is, is his contract out? Or what his contract out would have been out? Is, I thought he had another year on it myself. Okay. I'm not hundred percent on. I thought he had next season as well. Okay. Yeah, but I I know what you're saying. It just I don't know. Man City just they just don't look and it's weird because their team on paper, you look and go, bloody hell, like that's one hell of a we, team. We said it last week, yeah, best last squad. Week. And you know, they, they should have gone to Spurs going, right, if we win this, we give a statement to the rest of the people. We're in this type of race. But they just turned up flat. And so yeah. like Laporte looked awful against them. I know Harry Kane's like one of the best strikers in the world. But he looked and he's looked solid since he's gone to Man City and he looked like he just come in. Diaz yeah. wasn't very good and yeah, the whole team is just weird. And I know what you're saying about Laporte and up against Harry Kane. Harry Kane is one of the best. But when you see one of the best centre-backs going up against one of the best forwards, yeah. you tend to see maybe Kane will win the first battle, then like a Van Dyke would win the next battle, and it'll be kind of shared. It'll like, be a proper head-to-head. But Kane had Laporte in his pocket all day long. Anytime Kane was coming deep, Diaz and Laporte were just running 20, 30 yards out of position just to yeah. stop him from turning. And the one time they did let him turn, he did assist. Um, a goal, but then it's also a, the first time, the first goal, the um, the song goal. It was they were yeah. too scared of Kane. This I mean against when we play the better teams because usually the better teams will keep the full backs bomb on. There'll be two centre backs. I think Kane was some field they were most yeah. centre backs in the league, if not all of them. You have got Son, Bale potentially on the people running through. I think it's a good formula against that type of team. But yeah, we see what they do against the smaller teams. Your thoughts on uh, City in general, Rob, about um, like about the Pep situation? Uh, like I don't have the highest opinion of Pep Guardiola. Anyway, uh, I I can appreciate his managerial style, but I struggle to appreciate like his accomplishments when I see what he's inherited. Everywhere he's gone, or like everywhere he's been, I I like. I, like I asked you uh, in the week, like who is going to be the manager that wins Man City the league, and I'm not sure if you would be in a champ, yeah, the Champions League, and I wasn't quite sure if you would be in serious or not. But you said Big Sam, and I feel like there's oh, more. Of a case. I actually said was the next one, the next one, yeah. And I, I feel like there's more of a case that you can make for Big Sam than Pep Guardiola right now. I think his time, <laughs> his time is just gone. I, I'll I think. take a look. I, I, no, I, I, I said the next one, and then. As a joke, I said Big Sam. I don't see Big Sam taking the City hot seat you, next. You said, I just bring, want to him in, bring him in to sort out that defence. He gets that <laughs> job. And I could see that happening more than Pep winning the Champions League. <laughs> strong. Strong opinions from Rob. Yeah. Um, another trivia question, boys. So, Man City have scored 12 points from eight games. It's their worst start to a season since 2008-2009. Can you guess their most used starting eleven from that season, from the 08 or 09 season? Um, so I think the way they that the website I was on has worked out has just gone like the four midfielders who have played most that season is their midfield four. Oh, I don't okay. see this team working well on paper, like, <laughs> but it's a four-four-two with four defenders, four midfielders, two strikers. Okay. Stephen Island has got to be in there. Stephen Ireland is in the centre of midfield. Elano's in there. Elano is on the left-hand side of midfield. Uh, Richard Dunn. Richard Dunn is hard defence. Oh, who's that? Um, is it Petrov? It's not. I th- 
you might be able to this is money this is money early money okay. like very yeah. early money and Rubinho's he wasn't there then was he Rubinho yeah that was his Joe. first season Joe not not Joe Don Wright Phillips Don Wright Phillips yes Bridge Bridge left back yeah so we've got goalkeeper David uh, James no no it'd be uh, what's his name uh, the Irish guy oh. Sorry, no, it's not Shea Given. It's the next, next in line. Oh, it's Joe Hart. Joe Hart, yeah. Yeah, oh. so away to nine. This is Mark Hughes while he's still in charge. But Richard's right back? Uh, he was centre-back. Centre-back. So Bear Levy? Right no, good shout. Right back. Who would the other right back be? He's one of the... Yeah, Zabaleta. Zabaleta? He was one of the early sign-ins. So you've got a centre midfielder, but we don't... Remember him as a centre midfielder, but back then he did play centre mid. Um, you've already named him on the. You've already said his name. One of you did about losing him, and not Adam Silver. Him. Not the other one. Oh, oh company. Com- company. Company was centre Oh mid. yeah, he started off at CDM. Yeah, when they sent oh. Hamburg, and one striker to go. Um, currently out of contract. Rocky Santa Al- Cruz. Al-Sally. No, um, a Champions League winner with Liverpool. <laughs> right, I don't know why I've thought of the Blink in 2019 winning squad. <laughs> yeah, you are. That, that is one. Oh, what? It's, it's, so it's not James Milner. Who else oh. in that squad has played for Man City? <laughs> My mind is that <laughs> such a blank right now. <laughs> the fact you've got one left, I, I, I was going to say if you had four or five, I'd move on and tell you. The fact you're so close, boys, I can't let you move. I'm not moving this podcast on. My, my mind's gone blank as well. Until you get this. Um, a, a, a forward. Yeah, centre forward. <laughs> <laughs> also played for Chelsea. Oh, my God. Man City. Oh, Daniel Sturridge. Oh, my God. Oh, gosh. Listeners, thank you for finally that, getting that. That's through me, then. <laughs> I was off there and there without that, without those clues. Well done, oh. boys. Got, got the full 11, though. I didn't think you'd get that far. Just, it's, I find it hard when looking back to match the season with the actual players. Yeah. I just that think is, back to the 2000s. That is a peak Premier League years team right there. That, that is cool. That is what I think of when I think of Premier League years. But also <laughs> the players you named, I feel, should be there. Like a Rocky Santa Cruz would be lovely. Oh yeah, just in there. Bell and me, but in that, I the white away city shirt with the red and black. I I was just trying to think of like the the Man City Man U game with the the Owen yeah. winner. I was like, so I was like, who's in that team? <laughs> um, yeah, good shout. So we'll um move on. In our predictions last week, I said Everton would finish sixth and Fulham would stay up, and then they played each other, and I questioned both of them calls. Just because I think you, there were positives, Rob. You mentioned Fulham scoring goals, but you also saw the problems both teams had, oh. and I think that is just defensively for both of them. Um, so, Rob, you mentioned about saying you'd be happy to discuss this game. Yeah. What are your takeaways? Well, it was nice to see Fulham kind of set up pretty well offensively, but man, they they have problems. They have such big problems at the back. I mean, after, after 10, they just look like they're sleeping. It's, and like, 
I'll I, I give credit to Everton because they do have some fantastic players. Lucas Luca Digne, I mean, I think he's I think he's one of the best left backs in the league right now. E- easily. I mean, cropping up with assists, just the, yeah, the way third he plays. highest third highest assist maker uh, since his Premier League debut uh, for a defender. Yeah. Fantastic. The obvious two, Trent and Rob. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they've just Everton have just got some absolute great playmakers, but man, I mean, this is a Fulham team who have been struggling to score the past couple of weeks. You were what? They were three one up. Uh, was it was it Cordova Reed? Yeah, Bob, Bob, Bob. Yeah, like lovely goal, took it well. Uh, but Everton go and score two. Then you three went up. You know, Craven Cottage looked like an absolute shell with all that scaffolding. <laughs> I mean, it looked it looked like an ugly Premier League stadium. But I was just like, they score that goal, and then like the penalty. And I mean, don't get me started. <laughs> as as a a fantasy manager who has Alexander Mitrovic and who drafted him in a very high position because two seasons ago I had him scoring eighteen goals for me, so there's a bond there. It winds me right up. Okay, right. Uh, <laughs> Bruno Fernandez, he missed he missed a pen and had to retake it. Right, Mitrovic missed his pen four weeks ago. They went to that bloody Lookman who decided to have the biggest balls in London and say, I'm going to penenka it. No, that didn't work out. Why are you going to Ivan Cavallero? No, no, go to try and test it. Look, I know Mitrovic missed, in, missed for Serbia against Scotland. It's out of his system now. It is. I'm sorry. No, I'm not, I'm not having it, OK? <laughs> it is absolutely ridiculous. For a guy, he was scoring, he's been scoring pens for Fulham for years years now what three years he's been yeah. with Fulham and I'm like come on just look go try and test it look and if, the, if it doesn't work then okay Scotty P's got something something to do but no, <laughs> who are you blaming there though because obviously that's it I, I blame Scotty P yeah I, I, I blame Scotty P I mean it's it's annoying enough I mean what what kind, what kind of squad doesn't have a penalty taker and you like you back him up like what tonight Bruno Fernandes gave a penalty to Rashford yeah. I, I Quite surprised to see that. I like to see that, but they, like on on Sunday, please, please just go to a guy who is who was your top goal scorer last season and the season before. Just like enough of this bloody nonsense because it's costing you results. You mentioned Bruno Fernandes at the start of that exquisite rant. Um, he actually missed. Not only did he miss and retake, I'm sure he missed one two two weeks ago for Manu, and again he was gone. Look, you. I think that's what Fulham don't have is like your penalty taker is your penalty taker. He's the best one. So you start the season with Mitrovic. He misses one. It does nothing for his confidence. If you go in right, you missed one. You're done. Yeah. I think, yeah, I'm with you there. There needs mm-hmm. to be stronger management unless it's Mitrovic going. That's what I was going to say. I, I yeah. don't want to. I doubt that. I find that hard to believe. Yeah. I yeah, know I'd find that hard to believe. But I don't. He, he doesn't look. I, I I didn't see when the penalty was awarded. Like, is he running over towards going? I want the ball. I want the ball. Is this like a prearranged thing where, you know, uh, Scotty Parker has taken the leaf out of um, Louis Van Hal's book because he used to do it. And he's the only manager I know who had that one miss change policy. He did that manually. 
Yeah. One Panther miss, next person up. I'm like, all right, you've got a team full of Panther takers, fair enough, but full of them. Yeah. Clearly, <laughs> clearly nobody else can take penalties. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's a strange one. But it, it just says everything about Fulham for me at the moment. It just doesn't seem like there's any leadership there. And they seem like a classic team that come up and go, right, we'll either try and score a load of goals and concede, or do a West Brom, shut shop, and try and nick a 1-0. So I, I just think they're caught in the middle. They can't do either. They can't do both. So they're doing either or. So I, I'm shocked the pair of you have got them staying up, to be honest. They score goals. And yeah, I don't think anyone yeah, else How many does. teams have come up and scored a lot of goals and still gone down? Like just because you score goals, I, I get the point that yeah, if you score goals, you are more likely to win a game. But I think still, it's more the case so bad. The other teams are yeah, the other teams are worse than them because West Brom and Sheffield are gone, and I for me it's Fulham or Burnley. I think, yeah, and I, I fancy Burnley to get more results. I'm up until results. they won yesterday, they beat Palace and kept a clean sheet. But and that's the fourth goal they've scored this season, and it's come from a bad defensive mistake by Palace. That I they, they're not created anything. And yeah, but they don't I, need to. That's my point. They don't. They need one chance, and they've got Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes, who are proven Premier League decent level Premier League strikers, who may get you that goal. Whereas Fulham, yeah, fine, they might score two or three, but they're going to concede four or five. So, yeah, yeah, I, I do. See, I, I do get where you're coming from. Uh, I, me personally, I think Fulham have just got enough in them. Like the second half, they were like that that kind of like twenty minute period between like sixty and eighty. They looked they looked so good, and I was like, no, why why can't they be this from you know from from the off just to put pressure on teams, just to you know just to show that they're not a bunch of pushovers. Yeah. So sorry, as soon as they did put yeah. the pressure on for on Tom Davis. Just to have those changes, um, just to shoot things up. So as soon as they do put pressure on, teams will change how they play. And Fulham started actually getting the better of the game as soon as Everton made those defensive changes. But then I think when Everton did go right, we're not conceding anymore. Fulham didn't have quite enough to break them down. And I think that's the worry. Is Fulham can score goals against teams who play their way, but they don't have enough to create chances against teams who defend. But I, yeah, I, I see them just being a bit better than Burnley myself. Um, Everton, though, conceded two goals or more in the last six Premier League games. Their bubble's been burst. They've, they've been they've been found out for. Yeah. You know, it's it it has been a weird season, and uh, you know I think we'll give every team that. But for Everton to start the way the way they did, like. Obviously, it's not like a disaster response from the way they started because they haven't gone and lost every game. But like, there's been a drop in quality. Like I think consi- we said last week, consistent about quality. Yeah, you've got to be realistic with Everton because I'm looking at the table now. They're sixth after nine games. I mean, for Everton, that that's yeah, that's good. Dinia, Ricarlison for different periods. They had um, this week. They Grinded the result out against Fulham, and I'm sure made a good point that you had Allen, Hamez, Ricardson away with the national team. That's long travel. They're your key players, ultimately, and they're playing 900%. And you've got three points, which ultimately is all that matters. Whether you're conceding two goals, it doesn't matter if you're scoring three. Yeah, 
exactly. We can't uh, play well every week, can we? So, and they still win. So. Yeah, that's I fine. Uh, I think Everton will be okay. Yeah, I think Everton, I'm still sticking with my predictions. I said at the start there that I predicted Fulham stay up and Everton get to, uh, top seven. I'm sticking with it for this week. <laughs> and this week only. We'll see you next week. Um, so the next game we're going to discuss is the Brendan Rodgers derby, um, Leicester-Liverpool. Um, quick trivia to start, boys. Three players have transferred between Liverpool and Leicester for over a million pounds. Can you name the three players? <laughs> Esky. Esky, yeah. 11 million. The other two, one was 1.5 million, and this was about... I think off the top of my head, about seven years ago. Um, this was Kenny Dalglish was in charge, I'm sure. And one then was a bit more recently, I think about three seasons ago, two, three seasons ago, for 12.5 million. Please don't say Koncheski. Koncheski was 1.5 million Ugh, from Liverpool God. to Leicester. And then the other one, 12.5 million, two, three years ago. Assuming it's from Leicester to Liverpool. No, it's Liverpool to Leicester. It's a guy who I think has played for Fulham three, four times, maybe. Danny Ward. Danny Ward. Danny Ward, yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. Liverpool made it 64 unbeaten at home. 53 of those are wins. Record breaking for Liverpool. Right. Um, incredible, yeah. And after all that talk, I think I said last week about the squad and the injuries, they shut me up. They were outstanding. Yeah, no, I, I, I was in the similar boat myself. I mean, to be honest, I was quite surprised how well they actually played. Like, I think, I don't know if you questioned James Miller, but you know, he said, oh, you know, James Miller come in, is that who we want? And yeah. he came in and looked, looked brilliant because they attacked him as well. Yeah. A lot of their play went down James Miller's side and he was, him and as well as some other players were were pretty solid. Fabinho, I'll tell you what, he looks like he could play centre-back for the rest of his career. I don't know if you saw MNF last night for the analysis. Yeah, I was like, fair oh, play, like that, that's stuff we don't really see. Um, you know, tracking back like that, being side on, spinning back against Jamie Vardy. You know, you know you've played well when you're keeping Jamie Vardy quiet. Yeah, and they played a high line. I think that was part of the analysis. Yeah, is yeah. playing high line, which is Jamie Vardy's bread and butter. Yeah, high line remarked James Miller. Yeah, he's quick, but he's not lightning quick, is he? And Andy so. Robson, who's looking ahead than back rather than yeah. backwards. A lot of time. Uh, I think it, it was a statement win. I think that that's what I mean about Man City, where they could have gone to Spurs and made a statement. Yeah, they've all done the same against potentially a rival. Yeah, they just blew my water. But Bobby Firmino, God, how he didn't score a couple of goals. I know he scored one, but Jesus, what was it? I think it was one millimeter or something, or one centimeter. Yeah, that was mental. Oh my God! He also hit the post from like point blank range as well. Yeah, the header. All right, seems. Isn't yours? <laughs> he's got no one back up. So I'll say it. I think Firmino actually played quite well. Did, however, yeah. however, what I will say <laughs> is the point I made about Eric Dyer, where I think Eric Dyer plays well in a def- team defending, and that's all they have to do. Firmino plays well in a Liverpool team that's playing well, but yeah. I don't think he will ever be a guy to change the game. Like if Liverpool play badly, man, they can pop up with a goal. I don't think Firmino has that in his locker. Yeah. Um, I was critical about the one that was only a millimetre over the line. Um, not over the line. Because, I don't know if you saw it, he went to volley it with his right foot and ended up standing, hitting his standing leg. Like, <laughs> I thought he was Brazilian. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was a trick. Who knows? Yeah. But um, no, he he played well. He deserved his goal. So I'm happy yeah. for him. Uh, Diogo Jota also deserved his goal. I thought he was something. Isn't he the first Liverpool player to score four consecutive home league goals? I saw the stats, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. But uh, okay. what a signing that is. I mean, 45 million. Looks like an absolute snip. I, I, I did not expect it. When we signed him, I li- literally thought, I thought, right, this guy's just going to be a better Shakiri. Yeah, that and, was exactly well, my thoughts. I'm, I'm so glad that he shocked me. I thought, I, to be honest, I, I thought he would be a good signing. He has been in my draft team before, and he's done he's done well for me, and he's looked like a player. But yeah, I didn't think he'd get this level this quick. Um, yeah. The goal he scored was after 30 passes. The sequence that is the highest for any Liverpool goal since Opta took over the stats in 2006. Wow, really? highest number of sequ- uh, passes. Lovely stats. Um, and another lovely stat for Liverpool fans, they've only conceded three goals in the last seven games in all competitions, which considering the problems they've had in terms of personnel, yeah, I think that's a quality sign. That's interesting, isn't it? Because obviously the dialogue is that the Van Dyke Liverpool can concede every single game. And Statistically, since you're in general, Liverpool better. Sell yeah. them, I say, get 100 mil. <laughs> <laughs> No, but yeah, Liverpool are just there. Yeah, that's where they're champions, and that's where they've been. One of the most uh, consistent sides. Do you think it was an off day for Leicester, or do you think that's kind of where they are? Do you think they are a couple levels off? You need I, what you need. I think it was an off day for Leicester. Like, uh, and there was at one point, you know, they normally kind of bring on that uh, Keng is under kind of like 60, 70 minutes. A couple of times he's been involved in getting a goal late on, and I think that was the only kind of time I was really worried because I, I I just think like like I I never thought that that Liverpool defence of like only one starting regular defender in Robson were going to shut out Leicester, but I think just Liverpool set up well. Uh, I, I think you know nine times out of ten Leicester get a goal against us. Yeah, yeah, I I had Vardy scoring. Yeah, I I think Leicester did. They had a few chances where they they probably should have done a bit better. Um, I thought that Wesley Fofana played pretty well again. Um, yeah, he looks energetic. And I think he was a bit too eccentric. Um, yeah, Sims actually texted me saying, "Yeah, not just that, but Sims texted me saying he had like the touch of Lovren about them because he kept trying to come out and win every ball, which is something Lovren always used to do." Like no matter where the ball was, no matter who the player was, he's coming out to win. Depend yeah, if you're class, it's fine. <laughs> I do think if you're in a back three, I think you can afford to do that a little bit more. Like if you're in a back two, then obviously you shouldn't really do that. Um, no, yeah, I think Leicester just yeah. I, as soon as that goal went in, the journey because you go to Liverpool, you're like right, just don't concede from set piece. Like I say, if they score a goal off thirty passes, right, fair play, put your hands up. But they concede a goal like after first goal. They must have just gone. Oh, just it's not our day today. And yeah, they they were lucky to only be three 0 to be honest, because it could have been more. Yeah. But, I mean, they're, they're a good so. team, Leicester. So I can see them bouncing back. But yeah, I yeah. don't think they're going to be like, No, that's fair. I think we all had them outside the top four last week, didn't we? Just because I think this. I think they were just anytime. holding on to the idea of maybe we can, but yeah. 
That's fair. Johnny Evans moves fourth in the own goal <laughs> leaderboard or joint fourth. Can you name the top three? Cara. Cara's one, obviously. Jimmy Carragher's joint second, well, second, third. Uh, isn't it Sinclair of the France? No. no, it's not. No, it's a guy we've already named in the Man City 11. Oh, Richard Dunn. Yeah. Richard Dunn is number one with 10 own goals. Carragher's seven. And one of Carragher's centre-back partners is also on seven. John Terry. No, uh, Liverpool partners. Skirtle. Skirtle. Yeah. Well, Martin Skirtle also on seven. And then Johnny Evans, six. Mm. Um, so, there was a lot of ref mistakes. <laughs> a lot of VAR controversy. I you feel like it's... Without talking about it. And we're we... not going to talk about it because oh, okay. it genuinely upsets me. We're going to ignore it all. And it'll be like the Faulty Towers episode, don't mention the war, but just don't mention the VAR. <laughs> and we're not going to do it. We're not doing it. We're moving on. I hope none of your mystery questions is VAR related. Otherwise, I'm walking. Um, so we're going to gloss over everything. Pretend refs are amazing. Pretend David Coote doesn't exist. Rob, <laughs> what's our um, draft? And yeah, take take over, Rob. Yeah, I'll gladly take over. Uh, so... To prepare for this draft, I'll go, go. So it's um, football teams in in Europe that can't help but love. So ultimately, it could be like a certain season that just made you fall in love with this team, or like a player that you've adored has moved to this team and just added that extra spice. But to prepare for this draft order, so a question for you: uh, Two clubs have lost two consecutive Champions League finals. Can you name them for me, please? And I will go to Luke Buttle first. Two consecutive Champions League finals. Yes. Last ball. Um, there was one that stuck straight away, but I can't remember if they, there was a season in between. Um, I'll say Atletico Madrid. Okay. Uh, Nathan Burke? Um, I want to say AC Milan. So you were both incorrect. So you both yeah. get another go. So back to Luke Butler. Could be all day now. <laughs> yeah, I was going to yeah. say, I can't think of any other one. Um, it's got to be a decent team, obviously. This uh, I'll say Ajax. Um, Juventus. And Burke is right, yes. Juventus is one of the teams. So Burke, you shall get to go first. But... You get the second pick. Uh, it is Valencia is the other team. Oh, never guess Valencia. Yeah, Juventus only, only a couple of years back. The losing to Barca yeah. one year and then losing to Real Madrid next. Yeah, I was trying to think back in the year. I thought there was a gap in between. Yeah, because the Real Madrid one was the Cardiff final with oh, yeah. that Manzukic crazy yeah. lovely goal. Right then, Burke hit us right. off with um, um, yeah teams number one. Help but love. Right. Uh, who's the the second team you said, Rob? <laughs> a certain Spanish team, Valencia. Well, <laughs> um, in the years where I started to really kind of get interested in football, I fell in love with the Argentinian national team. So much so, I'm wearing their kit right now. Um, <laughs> but there was one player in particular that I just loved watching, a certain Pablo Aymar. Oh, um, Pablo Aymar, I thought was a lovely player. They also had Roberto Ayala. Uh, who also played for this club. 
Um, but my reasons for loving this club do not end there. Uh, I once managed Spain on FM, and this club contributed some key players to my world domination. Uh, Ruben Baraja, Carlos Malchena, David Albelda, just to oh. name a few. But my reasons for loving this club do not end there. Um, they always seem to have cool, exciting footballers kind of breaking through. You had David Villa, David Silva, Joaquin, Vicente, Juan Mata, Pablo Hernandez. Just lovely, exciting talent. And Liverpool always seem to be linked with all of the above as well. Um, but my reasons for loving this club do not end there. <laughs> this team also indirectly gave all Liverpool fans a gift of a lifetime with the 2005 Champions League final. They did this by allowing Liverpool to steal away Rafa Benitez, who masterminded the Istanbul comeback. So thank you for all of the above, Valencia. Valencia making a number one with the European teams that I love. Okay. Outstanding. I didn't think a team managed by Gary Neville would make it into the. <laughs> but, uh, it's a great pick. It's a great pick. Um, I'm also going to stay in Spain, Espanyol, with a team that I adore. And if I was Spanish, would 100% be sporting this team. <laughs> For our listeners, Burke has now gone from an Argentinian top to a Valencia top. I knew we had that top as well. Yeah, I I'm so glad I no one else picked Valencia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> I do not have any Spanish tops on as well. Um, but no, I, I've always thought about this team. I've gone, I really like the way they play. They play hard football. They're not the most exciting team to watch, but I love the work rate. I love the manager. I love the passion that he has. I love just some of the players that play for this club. I just let them go, wow. Unbelievable. And this club is Atletico Madrid, who I have previously mentioned. And I'm going to start with, obviously, Diego Simeone, who is just an unbelievable manager. Doesn't get the credit, I think, that he's due to what he's done the last 10 years, you could say, 12 years at that club. He's transformed the club into winners. And at the end of the day, that's what football's all about. Um, you start with 2010, you have a cup final against Fulham of all teams. You've got Diego Forlan scoring two goals. There was a young De Gea and Aguero in that team. A Raul Garcia, who incidentally I've just started a FIFA career mode with. I'm doing lovely with him. Yeah. You go to 2012, Europa League final. Lovely again. Falcao scoring that hat-trick against Chelsea in the Super Cup. You know, they've reached two Champions League finals against Real Madrid. Ultimately lost, but still gave their all for that team. And they've always produced nice players who have always just had a little soft spot for like players like Griezmann. Don't know why Gabi, people like him, Koki, Godin, tough guy at the back, Miranda, Turan, Louise with a lovely hair. And yeah, just a just a lovely team. Diego Yota. Uh, Diego Yota, yes. Yes. And yeah, just a nice team and yeah, don't think they get enough credit for what they've done. So I'm gonna give them a little bit of love tonight. That's my first pick. Lovely pick. Outstanding. Are we staying well, in Spain? We're not staying in Spain. Oh, I'm very sorry. We're, we're going to go to the fatherland, to Deutschland. Okay. And uh, yeah, so this this era club, they're still pretty good now. And it's, they've still got some of the lovely players that uh, I adored a couple of years ago. But this, this club, they share the same anthem as we do as Liverpool fans. 
And for a fan experience, I know, unfortunately, Sims isn't here, but he has witnessed a home game in the stadium in the Signal Laduna Park. Or if they've renamed it, I don't know what it's called. But I think it's still that. Um, but yeah, as as a, as a home experience, it's a great to watch. Like when they, they are the yellow wall and when they kind of like transform into that weird binocular thing. I, 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 just, I just adore <clears throat> that kind of like 20, 2011 to like 2014 period of Jurgen Klopp's Borussia Dortmund team yeah. so much. Uh, I've, I had multiple FMs. Football manager saves with Borussia Dortmund. I will never get over Kevin Gruskreutz as being the ultimate utility player. I mean, he was green and yellow all over the pitch. He would do a job anywhere, and his normal position was a striker. I mean, you also had, and you also had Emre Can, who, who was well later signed there. But you had you had some great players. You had Goethe, you had your Royce, you had Lewandowski, uh, Piszczek, um, Kuba, the original Amos. Felipe yeah. Santana, Dark. Marcel Schmelzer, um, Stupertich yeah. there, Roman Wyden, Fairley, the captain. Just so many, just great and names. And Paul Lambert used to play with them as well. Yeah. I mean, a Champions League winner as well, so back on. in yeah, back in the day. And um, Coyle can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So, same as if you are listening. He's oh, shaved off by now after yeah. we had a go for me earlier. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, in with the third pick is Prussia Dortmund. Lovely. And now it bounces back to me. It does. Right then. I've got a couple of clubs listed down. And I know as much as I said European clubs, I can't <laughs> help but go close to home with this one. I'm really sorry. There was a there was a few teams, you know. I wanted to chuck Roma in there. Like I, I've got a lot of love. I wanted to chuck Juventus in there. Don't name too many. Some people were. <laughs> <laughs> hey, back back in the day when we used to play FIFA Burke and we we just go online and play as Juventus. Such memories. Yeah, but maybe don't steal other people's ideas then. You can make a better case for those teams than I can, and I'm sure you will. But I'm going to go for. The biggest shock in football, and go back four seasons ago, or five seasons ago, maybe to when Leicester City shocked the world and won the Premier League title. I mean, you you can't help but fall in love with that. Oh, I mean, all right, uh, they're, they're shaking their heads at me, yeah? but I, no, I'm gonna. No, finish I, I just thought we were going for more of a Champions League feel. You know, yeah, when you think of you, it's Champions League. Did, nights, did, yeah. they, did yeah. they get Champions League? They did. Oh, yeah, but the. The thing you're on about is them winning the league title, but you know it's fine. Well, no, it's usually European teams. I never specifically said Champions League teams. Right on, okay. that's fine. I said European yeah. teams. I believe Leicester is in Europe, so <laughs> therefore it counts. Yeah, not for long. <laughs> yeah, not for long. But uh, I mean, Claudio Ranieri, like who saw him winning the league there? Just everything was so special about that Leicester team. I think, like we saw Jamie Vardy break the the record for most consecutive games with a goal outstanding and he broke Van Nistelrooy's record against Man U as well lovely little special moment and, you know we saw breakthrough players Kante, Riyad Mahrez Mark Albrighton no <laughs> <laughs> just it, it is just a special story and you can't help but love it there's there's other teams that I've got that I can make a case for but like like footballing moments it is up there so we've gone from Dortmund to Leicester 
where are we going to next, Burke? Um, I don't know. Let's find out. <laughs> off bats. <laughs> yeah, as I say, it's <laughs> oh yeah. We are going from Leicester, and we are going to France. Now, what I'm going to say is, think of Barcelona, and think of free kicks that they have conceded in the Champions League. Now, if you can think of these times, because it's probably not many, and think of one specific player who has scored an outrageous free kick against a very good Barcelona team at the time. But I'll park that there and reveal at the end. Like I've said many times in this podcast, 2008 is when I started watching football. And between 2008 to maybe 2011, 2010, I'd say, this team is the team I thought about when I knew we were doing this topic. Now, I'm just going to read out some of these players. You've got a young Karim Benzema. You've got Hugo Lloris up the Hugo. You've got Chris at the back. Tulalon, Sissoko, Gonalons, Kalström, the Swedish midfielder, Edison, Michel Bastos. Oh, oh. Yeah. Pjanic, Delgado, and Lopez up front. No, I'm of course talking about Leon. Lovely team back back then. They've done you know, they've had a bit of a rival, revival. They got to the Champions League semi-finals last year. But they don't have the same feel. Some of their players are nice, but you know, I just listed those players. I haven't got those sort of names. And yeah, whenever I think of European teams, Leon is one that springs to mind every time. They're a lovely kids as well back then. And obviously, Kareem Benzema was tearing it up for yeah. Leon in the Champions League before he got his £55 million move to Real Madrid. Now, the player that I was thinking of who scored probably, you could argue, one of the best free kicks ever in football. And that, of course, was Juninho. I watched it back today. And it is still, I don't still don't know how he scores. He made Victor Valdez look like me when I go and goal. <laughs> an unbelievable free kick. And he scored so many. I think he scored, he's got a record for the most free kicks scored ever by a player. He's like 70 odd. It's insane. But, uh, but yeah, Leon is my second pick. Lovely pick. Lovely pick. Lovely pick me up after the Leicester monstrosity. <laughs> right there, yeah. there. From Leicester to where we're we going. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, with a stop off uh, in Lyon, um, we then head to Portugal. Nice. And the, the reason for this was I found it difficult because there's not many teams I would say I love watching. Like I love watching the English teams in Europe, but I wouldn't say I love watching Man U. But I do like watching them in Champions League to see how the English teams fit affair. Um, so. Honourable mentions, I'll say, Rob, like you were saying about the uh, FIFA when we played pro clubs back in the day where you had to play as the actual team. We did it with Inter Milan, we did it with Juventus. So they came close to making the cut. Um, Growing up, I used to love watching Real Madrid in Champions League just because they had the players that made you love football, like the Ronaldo, Zidane and all them. Um, And Barcelona, of course. But I've gone away from teams I've loved. I've kind of changed the question for this because I didn't want to go for an obvious team like that. So I've just gone for a team and a moment that just stuck with me. So it's um, the 05-06 Champions League. Liverpool are the holders. And they topped their group. And in the group, Chelsea were also in it. So it was a big statement to top that group. Everyone's optimistic after just being Champions League holders. Uh, Made a few signings that summer. so things are looking good. Uh, then they go in the round of 16 and play Benfica. 
and they lose 3-0 on 3-0 on aggregate. And I don't know why that stuck with me so much, but Luis Sao, remember him, the Brazilian centre-back who played until he was like 84? Yeah. <laughs> he stood out so much. I like Whenever I saw him since, I just thought of that one game. And I'm yeah, he scored. But I just remember hating him, hating his guts. But I just couldn't stop watching him. He was like a... a jo- the way Joel Martip runs looks so awkward. <laughs> but he just did everything right. And it, it was unreal. And to be fair, every time I watched him since, he looks so slow. But he, everything he did was just spot on. Um, so he's a player that, for some reason, again, stuck with me. They had Simao, the Portuguese winger, uh, who also went on to play for Atletico, I'm sure. Um, and he just stood out because he was so exciting to watch. He also scored. And Rob, I'll tell you who else scored in that game. Um, you might remember him from Ultimate Team. Miccoli. I can't remember his first name. The Italian. Oh, Fabrizio Miccoli. Yeah, short, really quick, really annoying on FIFA. He also scored. Um, so, yeah, I don't really love them, but they stuck with me. So, Benfica rounds off the six. So, we've got European tour of Valencia. Then we go to Madrid to see Atletico. Then we head over to Germany to watch Dortmund. Popping back to see the family and taking in the Leicester game. Going back out to France to see Lyon. And then heading down to Portugal to take in the Benfica game. Oh, I mean, if someone can do that deal for a grand, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same. Also, uh, of... I just realised, actually, Pablo Ima, Valencia and yeah. Benfica. I'm sure you started a career with them, didn't you? Well, yeah, Pablo Ima. I did, yeah. yeah. Pablo Ima, FIFA career mode, Benfica last year. I actually, had, I actually had Benfica down as one of my honourable mentions. But obviously not for the reasons that you just gave. Yeah, you probably gave it for valid reasons. No, I didn't have a reason. I just put him down. <laughs> okay. Because I was hoping nobody would go for my two. I also yeah. had Ajax as well, because Ajax are the team you think about in Europe. And so. I had Leon. Leon was one of mine for just one man as well, Janino. Yeah, unbelievable free kick. I recommend you go watch it. Ramsey. Blow your mind. No, that's quality. Any other honourable mentions, Rob? Uh, you went uh, obviously back in the day, like the FIFA, the FIFA '09 kind of FIFA ten days with Maori and Del Piero, outstanding. Cameron Easy, Nedved. Yeah. FIFA, you know, about just unreal. And we did it with uh, Inter as well. Yeah, we did it. They don't quite make the list, but it's uh, Roma as well. I think Roma. Yeah. I was at a stop, but I've like, I, and I've always appreciated the loyalty of Totti and De Rossi. I know De Rossi went to play for Boca Juniors, is it? But South America somewhere. I don't yeah, think it was but Boca, still like but... six six hundred appearances. You no, know, that's unreal. Yeah, that that Inter Milan twenty ten team deserves a little mention today. Yeah, yeah. Friend who was just but, but it's Jose Mourinho, yeah. so let's not mention it. Oh well, exactly. Hey, <laughs> ten years on, we'll see. Yeah, no, that was a quality team all through. Yeah. And then, for some reason, Sully Montari was also knocking about there. <laughs> Who knows? And, and um, Mark Gornautovic. Let's not forget. Yeah. <laughs> Never forget. Never. There's always forget. a store player mentioning this bloody pod. <laughs> <laughs> it was find a way in. Did Pablo Aymar play for Stoke? Do we know this? I'd have, I'd have to look that up. <laughs> um, right, so moving on to our mystery question. So... Um, I hope we've all got one prepared. I'm looking at butts. I know I'm looking at Rob. <laughs> um, so let's hope your names aren't drawn. So 
But we'll have you picking this week. Number one, two, or three. Mm. My favourite number is six, so I'll just half it and go for three. Okay. Um, hold on. Number three is you picked yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Ah, oh, typical. Typical. Um, I do. I did have two questions, but I didn't really want to use them yet because I used quite a serious topic the other time. Um, right, but, the one, but the one I've come up with is isn't really a fun one either. So I'll just go for the <laughs> first one. Right. So just a general question, just to see how people feel about it, because I imagine you probably haven't really thought about it. Um, so in League One and Two, before I say that, in lots of other sports, lots of other teams and leagues. There are salary caps. Now, for me personally, the way that money is in sport, I think it's a good thing to have salary caps because it obviously stops uh, people overspending, people going into you know, bad business and it keeps everything on an even kill. Um, but football is the only sport really in the world that's got such high incomes to players, sponsors, all this business and doesn't have a salary cap. And as we've seen, the rate of wages and transfer fees has just skyrocketed season upon season. Um, so it's just something I've thought about. So should the Premier League introduce the salary cap, which I think is probably on their radar, I'm not saying it's going to be soon, because League One and League Two have had the salary cap introduced, which I think is a good thing for them, considering what's going on with coronavirus. But I'm just thinking, is it starting to creep up? No. League One, League Two are probably going to be in the championship. We all know what clubs are like in the championship. Their structures are ridiculous. Yeah. And then obviously the Premier League's going to be next. So that is my question, just to see where we lie. I'd I'd be interested to see how it works with like the young players, because mm. like obviously like the NFL has a salary cap, and when a rookie comes in from college, they're on like a five-year rookie contract, and then you know some of them get like a deal on their third year, and then like an extension where they go on to like the like their proper contract i'd be interested to see like someone like phil ford and now like you know what is contract would his contract be kind of would he be wanting more could city afford more if there's a salary cap like how would it work with like the influx of youth players academy players youngsters coming in and trying to balance like is is everyone's salary cap kind of like calculated on <clears throat> The, like their income sponsorships, stadium revenue, and what's on. So yeah, I, I, like, I think I think for that side of things, so the players on their own, whatever they earn, that's what they earn at the end of the day. If you are a top level player, then you deserve to have your image rights, player rights, or whatever. That's your money. You deserve to have that because you're you're contributing to that yeah. income. But I'm talking more the bit the baseline. So obviously, let's just say because in the NFL, it's like two hundred million in it. Or something like that. Let's just say it's 200 million. Then obviously you've got that to spend on your players and your staff, any transfers, wages, and then you've got to keep within your means. Then I, d- I do think it will level out the league as well and make the league a bit more competitive and stop teams dominating all the time. But then on the other hand, then I will accept the argument of well, if you buy a club like a Man City, they buy a club, yeah, they're willing to put that money into getting to the top and getting success. You are then negating that. So. Also, you've got teams like Liverpool Man U who are commercially making more money. They're putting the work into 
dominate the markets in Asia, in Africa, like to get the money in, to get the shirt sales. They deserve to be able to spend that money on their players for more success because th- yeah. that's why they're doing it. Um, I think if you're going, right, you can still make all our money, but you can no long- longer spend, you're, you've now got to spend the same amount as Burnley. Um, I I just don't see how that how that would be fair on the teams who are more commercially attractive. Um, also, um, I think like I know it's a technical question, and you've just floated the idea. So, like one of Rob's question there, you hypothetically, if you got a player like um a De Bruyne who's on two hundred fifty three hundred thousand pound a week, and Man City now you you told salary caps coming in. And then they work out, they work out the squad they've got. They go, right, the only way we can keep De Bruyne is telling him he's got to take a wage cut and go down to £150,000 a week. Like, I don't see how that would be fair on I know, I know like City. And then they're forced to sell him to a, a Burnley because they're the only team left in the Premier League who have got that space and their salary cap to take him in. I... I yeah. I wouldn't want to see a top player playing a turf more as much of a happy place as it is. <laughs> like, good luck. I, I think there there is just your top clubs deserve to be the top clubs because the stadiums, the mm. fan base, everything about it. Liverpool. Yeah. If Burnley want to break into that, then absolutely no problem. But they've got to invest to do it. Yeah. I don't think there should be things that be made in place to make the lower teams be able to compete. I think if you're ambitious enough and you want to compete, you look at Leicester, you look at Wolves, things can be done to push you a few levels above. And I think Wolves and Leicester have another two, three years in the level of that, and then they're going to be looking to consistently be a top-four team. And yeah. I think, naturally, the progression should be not forced upon. I think the way it works so wonderfully in the NFL is because it's 32 set teams. That's mm. it. Yeah. Like we've, got, we've, got the, we've got multiple leagues. Like, say, like, like a Burnley want to make a push for investment, it backfires and they get relegated. They're, you know, they're it does work. It, it can work though, because um, English Premiership rugby, their salary cap is 7.5 million, 13 per mm. season. So, and they have relegation. So, with the relegation, like yeah. the second division, do they have a salary cap that's lower? Uh, I don't believe so, no. But there's but, no inv- there's no investment. That's the problem. So it's always the team that goes down usually comes back up. So it's a 12, 12, 12 uh, team league. But usually there's only fourteen teams in there. You know, the other lot don't usually go up. To expand because, on Rob's point, I think what you'd have to because naturally you'd have the Premier League salary cap would be the highest in England. Then you'd yeah. have a Championship salary cap. It's going to be less uh, financially. Yeah. So. I think what you'd see is, let's say a team like Fulham being promoted, they spend on players, meet the Premier League salary cap, they go down championship, and either they've got to sell their squad to meet the championship salary cap, or you have an alternative, right, like parachute payments, like if you're a relegated team, you've got two years to meet the championship salary cap. Then also you've got the argument that if that is the case, Fulham are playing two years with a... Premier League level salary cap, which gives them a bad chance of going up. I think with the relegation aspect of it, mm. I don't see a system working fairly sure, across all the yeah. leagues with all the teams. I mean, you've said about getting rid of some teams, but you said about you don't need right. 92. Um, but no, I would. it wouldn't sit right for me as a Liverpool fan wanted, 
with Liverpool being one of the best teams in in the league, they've always had that thing of being able to attract a top player. I wouldn't want that to to go yeah. out of a selfish point of view alone. If if there was a way where like the salary cap was balanced to like income, so like the bigger clubs wouldn't get punished, mm. and like there's maybe like there's wiggle room there, so like you know the top clubs are gradually kind of having to like spend less on wages. I don't I think it can be like you know next season we're starting a salary cap. You've got to figure out how to bring your wages down. Yeah, maybe like a gradual process. Yeah. Maybe, but this um, income would be good, like a financial fair play style. Like fifty yeah. percent of your turnover is you're like thing, that right? at most with the wages. Our if you would see that, that fair play but, thing means nothing, really. Yeah, because all it, it needs is, to be a new, a new. You have you have to spend less. Uh, your expenditure has to be less than your income, which mm. is basically what it is. That's all they're looking yeah. for. It's nothing to do with salary caps or anything. The only thing I look at is, uh, I I totally agree with everything you've said. Because I'm kind of on the fence, I don't really know which way it would go. Um, is that it's going to come to a point in the Premier League where it's going to be so top heavy, where it's just going to be those top teams, going to be them all the time. And I think you're going to see less and less. You're going to see less and less clubs from the Championship coming up because the gap to get, because you're looking at, I know, like the top 10 teams, you could say, like Wolves are better than most teams in the league, Leicester, teams like that. There's just such a gap now. Teams coming up. Are going to just find it harder and harder and harder each year as the TV money goes up and up and up. You're going to have to yeah. spend more and more and more to get up there. And even when you get there, <laughs> you're still not halfway up the mountain. You've still got a, another half to go because you've got to try and compete with the Liverpool's, Man U's, Man City, Spurs, etc., Chelsea's. So I just think it's going to get to a point where it's either going to have to break off because the money is just not going to be there for the rest of the teams to get there. Um, like you said, like, I totally agree. Top teams have done it for long enough now where they should get that money. They deserve to get it because they are the product, basically. But, uh, yeah, I just thought it was interesting to see the salary caps are coming into place lower down. Yeah. It's not then going to creep up to the higher tiers. You we'll said see. about Leicester Mulls, but surely for me that would be an argument against it because it shows that a championship team, well, Wolves only a championship yeah, but my, team about my five, point six is, years ago. So there's only so many spaces to compete for a top six place. So you, yeah. if you want to, if you want to get more money, you have got to get European places. So that was only still the case places. before Wolves and Leicester turned up. It was just a different top six. They've come up, invested well, smart about. Yeah, but it. how long is that going to last? Look at Aston Villa. They they were there for a while. They got relegated. I know they're back. Yeah, though, but that's it? how it should happen. And I like those top I six, every, I think every you fast forward five years there'd be a different top six and people will say, oh, how is any team expected to break into that top six? Five years later, there'll be a different top six. Generally, you'll have maybe... There four, won't be a different top six. Four of the six will be... There might the be six. one team out of the six. Yeah, that, but... That's pushing it, because Arsenal are not very good. Liverpool City will always be there, because yeah. of the money they got. Spurs look like they'd be there or thereabouts. Chelsea will be there, because of the money they got. Arsenal, you could argue, yes or no. Wolves and Leicester will be there or thereabouts. Just because the way they are run, uh, who am I think we're missing? Manu, obviously. Everton. That's, that's seven. There's eight. There's yeah. But then There's only so at... many spaces. Yeah, but that's what you want. You want you want twenty teams competing for six spaces if you could get it because you want 
the actual best. Do you think that will happen? I don't know. It can happen, but it's down to the the clubs individually, and that's the way it should be. It should be their responsibility to do it. Like, I'm thinking of Stoke with the first team in my head, where they stayed in the Premier League long long enough to be able to afford 20, 30 million pound players, and they messed up themselves with their signings. Teams can do this. Fulham came up, spent 100 million, failed because of their recruitment. I think... As it stands, it is fair in the sense of it's up to the clubs themselves to have a plan, stick to it, and get your rewards. Leicester getting that, Wolves are getting that, no. And I think they keep to this level, they keep investing wisely. Next thing, Leicester are going to be a top four team, like consistently. Once you're a top four team, anything can happen. So basically, what you're saying is as long as those teams are competing, they might not necessarily be there every season. Like, you know, they might finish fourth one season, might finish sixth next, seventh. As long as they're in there, thereabouts, then that's fair game in your mind. Yeah, because you're saying about Liverpool Man City. I mean, take take Klopp away, like go back five years before Klopp. Liverpool, uh, I think we finished fourth in about six, seven seasons, like only twice, like in the top four. So we've not even been that team. And you look at Liverpool now, you think, how the hell would these, how are they yeah. kind of new onto the scene in terms of a title race team? And it's easy to forget Man City, obviously, the money argument. Man U haven't been in the title race for years. I think there is... I think the top six does swap around a lot more than people think it does. Yeah. Especially the order of it, the top two, top three. Yeah, I agree with the order. Yeah. But I think... The same teams. Yeah, but back when we were growing up, it was the big four. Then it became the big six. Now yeah. it's a different big six, because Leicester, I would include in the top six. Spurs were never top four team growing up in terms of, it was always yeah. Liverpool, Chelsea, Man U, Arsenal. So I think there's always scope of teams breaking in if they're ambitious enough and they work well, well enough. In, in in five years, so was it six, 2016, Leicester won it and we've had Chelsea winning, Man City winning, Liverpool winning, there's four different winners. There's, yeah, there's no, a huge I, scope. I, no, I agree. I, I don't think they're the problem. I, I don't think in terms of side of caps, I don't think they're the problem. Because their income will always be, well, apart from Man City, because we don't know, but their income will more or less always be more than their expenditure. It's teams I worry about trying to get to the next level. That will, because you look at it now, where teams are coming up into the Premier League, and like you said, teams are spending 100 million just to try and stay in the league, and they're just wasting so much money. And it's just, I think it'll get to a point where it just it's not sustainable. And but I'm not saying that, it has to be a drastic change, but. I feel like but that, that is that team's decision. They don't have to do it that way. There's plenty of examples of teams staying up and being successful, hardly spending a penny. And that's all you have to do is get by two, three years with a plan, good sign-ins, establish yourselves and push on gradually. Stoke tried it. They messed up. They went down for it. High risk, high reward. But there's no need to make such a high risk. Just take your time. Be smart. That's my advice to all football chairmen listening. <laughs> It's a good, uh, good debate, good topic. Enjoy that. Anything else to add, uh, add to that, boys? No. No, yeah, oh, good. Nice yeah, good, good, uh, good debate there. Thanks for listening. Cool. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.